Blog Talk Radio. Greetings! This is Joelle and I am the Vibrarian. This is the Psychic Inside Show and you are listening on the Blog Talk Radio platform on the Vibrary Collective Network. I know that's a lot to kind of take in, but I'm here every Tuesday having these conversations with people as part of the collective information sharing that is part of my mission. Now, I believe that everyone is psychic and you just may not realize it. So by having these stories on where I get to connect with amazing people, my hope is that you will hear something that gives you that aha moment and turns the light bulb on for you so that you can recognize something that may resonate to let you know that your gifts and abilities have been in you all along. Now, if you want to connect on this show this evening, the call-in number is 646-787-8436. If you're listening on the line, just hit the one key, and that lets me know, you know, the hashtag one, pound sign one, depending on what generation you're from. (laughs) Press that, and that lets me know that you want to come on the air to ask a question. Now, sometimes on our shows, my guests provide readings. This evening, we are not going to be engaging in readings, but if you have a question about my guest and the journey that she will be sharing, please do feel free to chime in and make a comment, question, join the conversation. I've got somebody who's got their hand up already that wants to come on the line, so we'll have to check in and see what they want to talk about a little bit later. So Out there on social media, I'm connected with the Good Vibe Tribe, and these are the folks that are of similar frequency and vibration. I aim for that vibration to be that of love, light, and joy. You can connect with me on social media at The Vibrarian, and that's T-H-E-B-I-B-E for energy. R-A-R-I-A-N. Now, if you're looking for us on YouTube, that is at The Vibrary. Sounds like library, but again, that E is in the middle of it all. All these shows are available on replay on the YouTube channel. You can also find us on Amazon Music under podcasts and iTunes, TuneIn and Stitcher and a lot of the other platforms where you would Subscribe to content like this. We're everywhere. So please do check out these conversations if you haven't been able to catch the live. Now, I love this because I'm a librarian at heart, which means I love information. I love to ask questions. I always get teased by my friends because they say, oh, you get to just be nosy for no reason. Well, there is a reason to these questions and the conversations that I have, and I feel so blessed to be able to sit down for this conversation on a weekly basis and meet the most amazing people. My guest this evening is actually part of that Good Vibe tribe that I talked to you about. I say that because everything is connected, and when you meet somebody who you just really love, and then they tell you, you know what, here's somebody that I think you need to contact because I really love them, I pay attention to things like that. So personal referrals of people who think highly of each other, who recommend each other both professionally and personally, I put a lot of stock in that. And my guest this evening, the person who I was recommended was Carolyn Munden. And I- 
love Carolyn. She's been on the show before, and she's been my coach and helping me develop some of my gifts and abilities. And then she said, you know what, I think you need to talk to Amy because she's like my coach. So you know how they say a therapist needs to go see a therapist and a doctor needs to go see a doctor. My guest this evening is like the coach's coach for Carolyn. My guest is Amy Catherine, and she goes by the moniker the Amy Catherine, kind of like the Ohio State University, meaning there's only just one. And so, Amy, welcome to the site. Psychic Inside Show this evening. Yay, I'm so happy to be on. Thank you so much for having me on this evening. Um, oh, yeah, I, I go by Amy excited. Catherine. Huh? Um, but it's the at Amy Catherine on Instagram, so you don't have to call me the Amy Catherine in person. <laughs> okay, okay. We don't need to do like the Ohio thing. You know, I know that's not Ohio yeah. but no, but uh, it is very distinguishing and For those of you who are active on social media, you know, what I know of Amy prior to this interview is is pretty minimal. I know that somebody who I value values her, and I've been connecting and kind of watching you, Amy, on social media. And one thing that I like is that you are out there teaching some things. You're dropping little nuggets of wisdom that are really relevant to people who might be engaging in spiritual counseling with other people, what it looks like to be ethical in your practices of giving spiritual guidance to people, very practical and confident in your delivery and what you're talking about. So I understand you've had like over 10 years now experience being a professional psychic worker. Do you resonate with the term psychic? Yes, I do. I am a full-time psychic medium. Um, I started on this journey uh, back in, I believe it was 2006. It was right after uh, I graduated high school. And that was when I really started. And that was in the realm of MySpace uh, for for all the the, uh, Gen Zers out there. That was was pre-Facebook. And when Facebook did come on, you had to have a, you had to prove your you know, member of a college where you even, like, get an actual mm-hmm. account. Um, and so I was I was in a tough situation because we had some uh, bad juju in my house. I say it's a bad punk. And, um, mm-hmm. and I kept having nightmares, and I kept, like, hearing things, and, and I was in the basement. Uh, and that was a long story there. I was kind of in the, the, the bottom part of the house where we didn't hang out in normally. And I was like, okay, I know I'm not going crazy, um, and, you know, doctors can't explain this. Like, I'm going online, you know. He's like, WebMD's like, everything's cancer. He's like, no, this isn't that. This is something else. <laughs> um, and I'm like, okay. So I go to spirituality, and that was super nervous because I grew up, you know, I like to call it turbo Christian back in, mm-hmm. like, the middle of nowhere, Alabama. And uh, and so it was like all this stuff is like, this stuff is of the devil. And I'm like, no, 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 there's something more out there. So, uh, that kind of got me started into psionics and then uh, eventually learned about Reiki and mm-hmm. got my Reiki master certification. And then um, I was learning about Tarot as well, long before Reiki, actually, and then uh, eventually moved to Atlanta. And then it kind of just exploded from there because there's a, there's a much larger spiritual community here uh, and then in Alabama. There's, like, nothing over there. <laughs> and... Um, 
uh, took uh, Carl Woodall's psychic development class, and I'm also a shaman under uh, the Shamanic Path to Awaken Living, and I am also in the process of coming up with my own uh, psychic development course as well. And I'm an ordained minister. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as I think your resume was, like, quite lengthy in terms of, like, what you do. And as I (laughs) thought, you are young, you know what I'm saying, in terms of youth. And so it sounds like you – how do you go from turbo Christian in rural Alabama to recognizing bad juju in an environment? Like, you know, what, what does that bridge look like when you were young? Um, were you sensitive to spirits and energy? Yeah. Um, there's, there's actually, there's a history of, of uh, issues in my family. And I've come to realize that, you know, Okay, everybody's psychic. I'm not some special little snowflake. That's what I like to tell my clients. Everybody has this. I don't like to call it a gift. It's more of a skill. Just like you go to the gym and you work out and build muscles, it's just a, it's a type of muscle on a metaphysical level. Um, but some people are naturally gifted at it, just like some people are, are natural gym rats and some people are naturally just inclined to music or math or art. It's, it's the same thing. Some people are just naturally inclined. And uh, a lot of people who are have a tendency of having mental illness or substance abuse or um, some sort of issue or trauma uh, that runs in their family. It's usually because the people before them, the forebearers, were too too sensitive to it and tried to overcompensate with, you know, numbing it or with absorbing too much and they didn't know the psychic hygiene they needed to, to clear it out, in addition to, you know, what their doctor would recommend or seeing a therapist. Like, this isn't – they aren't mutually exclusive is, is what I believe. And my mother was um, diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic and an alcoholic and um, physically and emotionally abusive to both me and my autistic little sister. And uh, growing up, I had to grow up. I had to grow up real fast. And um, there was a lot of recognizing that there was there was more there. And I, um, when I was a teenager, I started hearing the voices. And part of this this sort of foray into metaphysics was I don't want to end up like my mother. I don't want mm-hmm. to end up, you know, hearing the crazy. And I was like, I'm not going to go crazy. I'm going to stay grounded. And I feel like that was a huge part of what helped me keep my sanity and making sure that I didn't um, absorb and assume that just because I heard something in my head that I would automatically own it. And I, I, I felt that that sort of like refusal to own it kind of helped me, um, keep my bearings until I, I found the right mentors. And um, I did find a mentor that, that helped me sort of get out of my mother's house. And uh, and that she helped me for a time. And that helped me kind of get okay with the idea of tarot. And then um, I was also, you know, I went to school for graphic design too. And it was a graphic design job that got me to Atlanta. But I think the real thing was like, saying, you know, hey, you know, this is this is what we lure you to Atlanta where all the cool kids are and all the cool <laughs> psychic spiritual stuff is. It's because you're out of Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, it was really interesting how, like, where I worked was less than two miles from the big psychic fair in Roswell. Okay. Like, you, can't, you can't make that up. And I know you talked about being the, the, um, the, the librarian for the, for the library. Uh, mm-hmm. My first job was a page at a library. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love libraries too. Um, yeah, but it was it was basically coming into a place of 
what if this is something outside the realms of physical explanation? I know that I'm not going crazy. I know that there's something here and I can't explain it with science. Um, I knew that I uh, I would have dreams that were precognitive. Uh, I was an empath mm-hmm. before I knew the meaning of the word, and sometimes my parents would listen to their child, their you know seven eight year old daughter, say that guy's bad. Uh, don't listen to him. And it would turn out to be like some sort of Ponzi scheme, VHS video. Remember VHS video? Mm-hmm. <laughs> those things go. Um, mm-hmm. And just little bit by little bit coming over, and, and I think it was the um, the Reiki class, because when you get Reiki attuned, it's a massive sort of awakening. Mm-hmm. That really helped me start to honor these gifts more, and I think what helped me uh, in Atlanta was, you know, the validating tarot experiences, and then uh, taking the psychic development class, uh, the Sandy Anastasi class uh, with Carl Woodall. And that was simply because I started seeing people who crossed over, and I was freaking out because I was told my mm-hmm. whole life that that was mediumship is of the devil. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. Uh, all gifts come from God or whatever source, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So that really helped me just go, I'm here. This is what I'm supposed to do. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to how I'm gonna do this, but I'm going to let sort of spirit guide me. And so um, I started doing the readings professionally in 2016. I started doing readings out of the Blue Barn. And uh, mm-hmm. then I eventually, I, I hopped from one graphic design job to another, which in hindsight, if, you know, if for those of you out there who felt like you've had, you've hopped from job to job and you're just like, why, why does this job not fit when I try so hard and it just doesn't work out? It's because I meant for something bigger. And mm-hmm. I realized that I was a square peg trying to fit into a round hole with all that. And mm-hmm. Uh, the universe provided me an opportunity uh, to get a job that was part-time that paid really well in the graphic design field so that I could start doing this stuff and building networking mm-hmm. and uh, out of the storefront, you know, with this stuff. And uh, that eventually landed me at um, Forever and a Day. Uh, I met Carolyn mm-hmm. Monden at uh, the Open Mind Center. We worked there together for a little bit and then moved on to uh, forever in a day, and, and now that's where I work on Tuesdays and Fridays. <laughs> and I do this also uh, on my website, but um, it's about trusting spirit to help you find your path. You know, you know, we like to strategize, especially for us, like, like female business owners, too, or like the, they're mm-hmm. very tech-savvy and very, very strategic and just kind of go, okay, this is the plan, this is the objective, i got to rationalize. And when reality likes to hit us sideways, the spirit likes mm-hmm. to hit us sideways and come out of sideways, they're just like, well, that plan didn't work. <laughs> and, yeah. and spirit's like, well, nah, duh, you got to trust us, you know, we're, we're spirit. We, we co-create this universe together. And the more spiritual mm-hmm. you are, the more spirit asks us to, to trust, trust that process. And there was a point where I just had to sort of surrender. And I was like, how am I going to pay my bills? Spirit's like, I know what your bills are. Trust us. <laughs> And I'm like freaking out, and I finally let go of the graphic design job. The universe set me up to have to, to you know, give my two weeks and, and cut it off. And mm-hmm. then I'm just like freaking out. And then I do the math, and like, they're like, honey, it hasn't been paying the bills the whole time. Mm-hmm. Why are you freaking out? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it, it's about trusting the process, and and that that's where I am with this. So there's, there's always that tug of war with the inner, uh, I like to call the ego monster as, John Edwards, you know, put it, but yeah, that's that's kind of how I got here. (laughs) 
I was like, you must be psychic or something because you are repeating like things in my conversations in the last 48 hours. I love how it <laughs> that aligns because two things that you were uh, mentioning, I'll circle back to the other one in a little bit, but firstly, of uh, the experience of thinking um, that you're, you know, crazy. And, you know, for all of our listeners who are listening, I'm, you know, I'm not meaning to denigrate true mental health issues, right? Because I'm a big believer in therapy. I'm a big believer in we can function where we are healthily. Um, But for a lot of folks like the presence of a voice in your head that is not malevolent, hopefully, um, or um, in the case of a couple people who recently I've been having conversation with, the appearance of um, like an angelic spirit or a being that is definitely not in human form in front of your face. It can be very challenging when you've been doing your meditation and trying to, you know, get your yoga on, and then all of a sudden you're becoming clairvoyant and having visions or dreams or actual things that are challenging what you have come to believe that reality is. It can be very, very frightening for people. And so you talked about, like, how your mother – with alcohol and, you know, um, paranoid schizophrenia and, like, su- hearing voices or suppressing your your uh, abilities because they are extreme and will get you a diagnosis <laughs> if you begin yeah. to try to talk to people about that. So, you, you know, you've mentioned that you're, uh, you do mediumship. And so for our listeners who may not be familiar, could you describe then what the experience of mediumship versus like a psychic reading where you're connecting with other in other ways like how do you look at the ways that you're doing it well it's it's all channeled so uh, all the good juju or good I say let's just say I use the word juju a lot Mm -hmm. Um, all the good stuff comes from the crown chakra and the and the eighth chakra which is about six inches to a foot above the crown, depending on which article you read. And that's all divine, and that's all love-based, and it's channeled. Um, A lot of psychics will make the mistake of, like, just tapping into empathy. And, though empathy does give you information. It's only existing information, whereas channeled information gives you divine clarity on, like, the bigger picture of what's going on from a love-based place in a way that the client needs exactly. Um, Mediumship is slightly different from that frequency. Divine energy, I like to kind of joke with my clients, divine energy is pop rock, and then people who cross over are R&B. That's two different radio stations. <laughs> you know, they're both music, but they sound different. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so it's like, I try to separate pop rock from R&B because that way I'm not getting confused at which song I'm listening to. So I like to separate mm-hmm. the two stations, so to speak. And then uh, with, with angelic energy, divine gods and goddesses, ascended masters, uh, saints, depending on the client and their belief systems will come forward. So a Catholic's just probably going to have angels and saints, Mother Mary probably, or Jesus. Somebody who's Hindu is probably going to have a lot of gods, Hindu gods and goddesses or comedic or pagan, et cetera. And um, that's all very high vibrating, and I definitely go and uh, remove any of, you know, I'm, I try to remove as much of my ego as possible and just be a, a straw and a channel and back out and let spirit tell them what they need to hear. 
and it's just, you know, as much as, as I, the more humble I am, the better it is. And this very sort of divine, and, and my voice kind of gets a little bit higher like this. Like, normally I'm kind of like this with my voice. So, and like, when I'm, like, doing readings, it's like, I'm super kind of like, that girl, like, oh, like, I don't know, they just raise my voice up a little bit. And then people who crossed over are um, really uh, funny in the sense that uh, they show me a lot of visuals, and it feels like, um, I can close my eyes and I see somebody there and they show me through visualization, through clairvoyance and clair, um, clairsentience, depending on the person who's crossed over. Uh, so if that person was a chatty Kathy and she loves to talk and she talks your ear off, then she's going to come through pretty strongly with the clair audience, which is the hearing. Like, I'm just going to pick her up like HBO. Uh, mm-hmm. Somebody who is an artist is going to come through with a lot of visuals and show me visual things. Somebody who is very left-brained is probably going to come through very claircognizantly, which is just, I'll just know or get an instant download from them, or they'll show me, like, uh, certain symbols. Uh, and they'll show me that they're present in the physical realm, uh, and they'll sort of show me their location is, like, next to the client, right or left, depending on their relationship to the client. Uh, whereas angels, I feel like I have to look up to talk to them. And mm-hmm. I, uh, the energy is always love-based, and I always do... Uh, clearing and meditation before the readings to make sure it's as clean and as viable as possible because it's my goal to make sure that the client has um, the best reading possible uh, for me and I try to try to work on myself and, and I get I learn from each client it's like clients are our teachers as much as you know we tell them messages they teach us things even when they don't know mm-hmm. it's a mutual exchange right mm-hmm Um, it's very interesting because I think when people begin to explore their senses, right, if you realize that you're empathic or clairsentient and you, you realize that you're feeling the people in the room when you go in the room and that it's making you tired and you have these uh, tingles whenever a person's like very much in your feeling body, um, you mentioned like the the regular conversation that lets you kind of know when to approach a person, say at work, if a meeting is going to be successful, when to not engage, when there's tension. You know, most of us are like becoming more finely developed in our empathy body. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about the higher than conversation, so that would be like. What, like you realize the person is mad and angry, but then the higher version gives you a download or awareness why they might be mad or angry. Is that how yeah. that distinction kind of works? Uh, yeah, and um, empathy is great for healing work too. I'm not just saying empathy in the slightest. It's when we use it to glean information, like I can empathically – if I sit with a person long enough, I can describe the inside of their house. But um, that also gets into third-party information. So, and that's kind of, for me, I like to call it the peeping Tom information. And I know this is a little bit of a controversy, but I'm strict no-no when it comes to third-party information, just because um, it's empathic, but it's invasive, because the third party didn't give us permission to talk about their personal life. It's like, I wouldn't go and, like, bust in your house and rummage through your your underwear or sock drawer. Mm-hmm. Like, because, like, I could knock down that door. It doesn't mean I should. There's laws against that, right? It's right. Like, 
you have a right to defend yourself and your property. So it's like, unlike that, like in the metaphysical community, there, there isn't really the metaphysical police or the metaphysical better business bureau. So we kind of got to be on top of ourselves. Plus it's like important for the client to know that um, their healing starts within themselves. Closure when it comes to another person, like somebody's coming to me and they're like, when's my ex-boyfriend going to come back to me? I know he's in a different country and he's like got a fiance, but I'm convinced he's going to come back to me. It's like, Mm-hmm. You, let's, let's talk about therapy, you know, and right. uh, where do you need closure? Because you don't need a third party. You don't need that other person or to know their personal information to get closure or healing. I can tell you about your karma with that person or why you feel stuck there, but you got to honor their energy, right? we got to respect this craft because it's a huge, powerful tool. Um, and empathy is really great for having to understand, like, if there's an issue with someone's internal body or their organs or what's going on with their chakras. Uh, it's also excellent for Reiki. Uh, but when it comes to the channeled information from guys, it's, it's better for me. I try to uh, talk to them empathically as little as possible. And you're going to have clients that are, that are stuck in their ego or that are resistant to what spirit has to say, and it's usually because they're clinging to something with, or a label or an issue with the ego and or an idea that, you know, I, this is right or, you know, this, that is wrong or I need, I need you to say this just to validate what I'm feeling when that is lower vibrating and not what their, their guides say. And their guides will come in from a very love-based place and say, you know, this is the cycle you're stuck in. This is how the, and why the pattern is repeating. And this is how you solve it. And out of, I've given well over a thousand readings, and I have yet to see that the reading is about an issue externally, and it's more about our internal perception of mm-hmm. reality. Because uh, we hear the term, I'm sure you've heard this term, as above, so below. Mm-hmm. And that's only 33% of the whole saying by Hermes Trismegus, and that is right. as above, so below. As within, mm-hmm. so without. So with as mm-hmm. the universe, so the soul. Yes. And that a lot of people think, oh, you know, I need this person in my life to be happy. I need this thing in my life. I need this amount of money, this label, this career. I need this person to do that thing for me that they're not going to do. How dare they? I can't believe. You know, it's all about giving your power away to another person when in reality it's about your perception of the issue. So the universe is like, this is where you're stuck on continually creating this, this reality based on free will. Because free will is the law of the universe, and the two-split theory sort of hints at that, you know, hints, hints mm-hmm. quantum me- mechanics scientists, you know, guy, you guys got to catch up, you know. They're still hung over with the objective universe theory. <laughs> and that thing died, that type of thing died out back when Einstein was alive. So this is, this is all about recognizing that we co-create our reality and universe and spirit always reminds us of how much we're in control by simply recognizing where we've given our power away or we feel stuck on an issue uh, or define ourselves by that issue, like being left versus right, right versus wrong, or, you know, you know you're know, you that religion over here and I'm this religion over here, and creating this illusion. And it's not. It's all an illusion. You know, what's interesting is about giving the power away, you use that phrase, I can't tell you how many times I've had discussion with people who, are like, oh, I don't read horoscopes. I'm not going to let somebody else dictate my life. Um, you know, to them, that's giving a power way to understand the astrological influences. You know, that's like a step too far for them in terms of 
navigating their life differently because it feels to them like they're outsourcing to some unknown being or system that seems a little far out for them. How do you speak to that in terms of, you know, even connecting with people's guides and doing the client work for those who say, well, isn't that still giving your power away to someone else who tells you the tarot says you're supposed to do blah, blah, you know? Well, even the tarot can change. I'll touch on astrology in just a second, but just the tarot, I've seen people, is your future, I like to say, psychics are like weathermen. We're weathermen. We're right half the time and still have the job. <laughs> so, you know, they make a prediction. And then, like, you go to, the, like, the Weather Channel app or whatever weather app when you're looking on your phone. It's like, what? The weather going to be like on Wednesday. And it's going to be 79. And it's like, you know, it's like, honey, it was 84. Y'all lied. You know, that's we're like that. It's because free will. Uh, there's factors there. So this is about um, – recognizing that free will is the law of the universe. You can change the tarot. You can also use astrology to your advantage. So it's familiar with, um, with you know, instruments and music. You know, we've got uh, a lower octave C, and then you go two octaves up, octaves up, and it's C. It's the note of C, but it's at a different, you know, pitch. It's higher versus lower. Mm-hmm. Same note, same frequency, different pitch, different energy. And that's what astrology is about. Um, for those who are interested in understanding astrology from less than a, not so much a mathematical standpoint, but from a more um, intuitive standpoint as, as a form of storytelling and understanding archetypes and Jungian archetypes, I recommend reading um, Visionary Activist Astrology by Carolyn W. Casey. She's phenomenal. Visionary, phenomenal say that again. Visionary, Visionary Activist Astrology. Astrology by Carolyn Caroline W. Casey, and she narrates the audiobook, and she has a very sexy phone voice. Yeah. <laughs> deep, deep phone okay. Voice. And um, I love audiobooks, but I do a lot of driving. And um, with astrology, it's not so much that, you know, when you're born, the planet's just being down radio waves onto you that, you know, make your life predestined and you're fated to have horrible flip-ups or to, you know, be ugly or what have you. That's not how astrology works. Uh, astrology is what Carl Jung would describe uh, the macrocosm and the microcosm. Something born in the moment takes on the attributes of that moment. And mm-hmm. astrology, like pretty much every other form of uh, divination, divinatory tool, and what really sort of makes the metaphysical world go round, is archetypes. Uh, take Mars, for example. Uh, you, there's no such thing as a bad astrology or a bad tarot card, only bad tarot readers and bad astrologers. Because mm-hmm. it's not this is bad or this is good because you're casting judgment. Judgment isn't love-based. It's where does the energy need effort and where does it come through gracefully? You might be a great artist. You might struggle at math. Does that mean you're going to fail at math? No. It just means you need to put more effort towards it. Or where you've had karma in this life that you're trying to work towards and transmute proactively because you create your reality. So Mars, for example, is known as the warrior planet, and everybody has Mars in their chart. And just like everybody's got an astrology sign, most people know what their sun sign is. Um, mine is Aries. But um, you've got planets, and every single planet is in a sign. And then you've got your ascendant, which is the moment of your birth, the constellation on the horizon. Um, procession of the equinoxes aside, I'll get to that later if, if you remind me. <laughs> but Mars is the warrior planet, and Mars represents in your chart 
where your temperament and your temper is, but also where your passions are. He can represent the divine masculine, but he can also represent toxic masculinity if you're utilizing him on a subconscious level being, uh, versus being more proactive with him. So it's all about where you choose to put your energy and where you naturally let your energy go if you're not being proactive. So take my husband's chart, for example. My husband is about as Libra as they get. He has <laughs> five planets in Libra. Dude, Chatty Cathy, he'll talk, he'll talk anybody up. He's a charmer. Um, never met a stranger. I, I joke he's a tomcat. Um, Sagittarius ascendant. But he's super chill and complacent with where he's at. Like, he could sit there, and he, can, he loves playing video games. Uh, and I, I love that fact because it's better than football, in my humble opinion. No offense, no offense to those of you who love football. It's just not something mm-hmm. I resonate with. Uh, for me, how example, like for example, I would, that would drive me nuts because um, my energy is placed differently. I've got a lot more. He's got what we call a lot of conjunctions, which is a lot of amplification of energy, but it's also kind of conjunctions and trines, which are a lot of natural harmonies and you know natural amplifications. But that doesn't create necessarily a whole lot of drive. Whereas my chart, there's a lot of what we call squares which some people be like, oh, that's a bad placement or these planets struggle. And no, that just means that I'm a little bit more restless or I need to be more proactive of integrating those energies. And the planet's dense in, in, a, in a way that allows us to uh, utilize those archetypes or where if we're being subconscious, it would be hard on those archetypes. Like the full mm-hmm. moon, for example, there's a lot of oppositions, which is about balance. One thing opposes another. And that means that there's a struggle there or a tug of war if you're being subconscious about it, if you're not making a conscious effort to transmute the things that you're struggling with in those departments that those archetypes rule. So it's more about where can I be proactive about harmonizing? And the chart is more of a screenshot of, of the um, where your psyche sort of naturally likes to rest or things that you've worked on already or things that – um, that can, you can work on to help move forward uh, in your life. And the, I don't, I've never seen a bad chart, only, you know, people who try and scare others, and I don't really see the function of giving a scary reading, only empowering ones. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of astrology in a nutshell, and just kind of just take it very lightly. And, you know, if somebody's saying that this is something you can struggle with, there's always a higher octave and a lower octave. So Mars can be the, your temper, where you get mad and angry, or your passion, which is where you put your energy into and kind of lose yourself in a creative project for five hours. You go, like, where did the time go? That was also Mars. Or Venus, which is about, you know, going and getting that Birkin bag, <laughs> you know, and like pretty, new, pretty new sunglasses, or creative art, or, you know, being a little bit indulgent uh, with food. You know, it's about... Where do we create things or where do we indulge ourselves? Uh, Jupiter is where do we expand um, and can also be where do we expand too much or amplify unnecessary things. Uh, Saturn can be the great restrictor. She's, uh, I see Saturn as feminine, but a lot of modern astrologers see her as masculine and Saturn is more of a, okay, this is a, this is a great restrictor or depressor because she's kind of like the um, um, Kronos sort of archetype. But it can also help us trim the hedges and help us get things back into shape and let the old things die away. Um, Pluto, um, Pluto is represented by a P and L combined, uh, or the 
circle with the crucible, which is the thing beneath it, this little cup beneath it, and then by, um, below that is Pluto's Fident, which is also an old symbol for fire. So it's fire cooking matter over a crucible. And Pluto is about change and transmutation, the phoenix rising from the ashes. Pluto is also very efficient. It's very much very intense, so, but it's also very efficient. So it's like uh, a woman going from, you know, conception to birth in, in like a day. And that's pretty, it's very efficient, but it's also extremely intense. So it's about letting things die away that no longer serves us to make room for the new. Um, and then Neptune is all about being dreamy, but also being foggy brained, being lied to, being confused. He's also the prophet. Uh, I, I mean, there's there's a prolific issue with psychics, and you can confirm with us for me. It's like there's a lot of psychics out there that are too Neptunian. It's like, well, you travel clouds, and you know, just just kind of sit there, and you know, there's like, you know, people putting their butts out in the sun, letting them get some light, stuff like that. A little, little too, little, little too up there. It's like, okay, we need to ground. Um, well, what's your name, Lorna? Lorna uh, from Harry Potter. The uh, yeah, Luna, yeah. Luna, she was real, but they discounted her because she was kind of vague. But it turned out she was on point, you know. At the yeah. End. But it the seems to me might that be a little weird, but but she's accurate. <laughs> right. Well, it seems to me like it all goes back to know thyself as it says right and so if that means to know your planets and how you might be influenced for some people that just isn't going to resonate for them in terms of like how do I navigate for others they're like oh yes this helps me kind of like make decisions differently same thing with your clairs, like your clairsentience. It's like these are part of you, and therefore you, your expansion of knowingness about, like you said, yourself. It's like all to the inside job of discovering and uncovering who you are. And it's like we have these arsenal of things that we may have rejected due to teachings or domestications, as Don Miguel Ruiz would say, in the Four Agreements. And so to bring those things back into or expand our use of them, a lot of people are waking up and doing that now. Are your clients that you're seeing, are they folks who, I mean, if you're working with the Carolyn's of the world who are definitely fully involved in their gifts, and then you're also working with newly awakened people who find you out to, you know, help them as they're like newbies, noobs, if you will, in this situation, (laughs) do you have a balance of clients that you're seeing across this? I, I'm seeing awakening on one level or another in just about every client. I'm not mm-hmm. going um, It's pretty rapid. I think it's pretty appropriate with these sort of um, points. It's just very so much of a, this is a huge pivot point with, I, I think, that the world at large, that there's a lot of changes going on. And we're trying to ascend, I think, the planet at a sort of rapid pace, and I think that's why uh, awakening is becoming a lot more normalized, which I think is fantastic. Um, and... And just just teaching people what I wished I would have learned back when I started this process and hearing stuff, and it's just understanding psychic hygiene. You know, we put on we put on deodorant and change our underwear and hopefully mm-hmm. like shower and brush our teeth, but we forget mm-hmm. to do that metaphysically, and then we get metaphysically stank. 
So yes. <laughs> like I told him, it was like, like ground, shield, meditate, cut cords, you know, do your psychic hygiene every day. Just like you brush your teeth. You brush your teeth. Yes. Um, I do that too. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you're ingesting the world. Our physical body is meant to be out digesting the world. We're breathing the air. We're feeling things. We're swimming basically in an energetic soup. So just like mm-hmm. you prepare your corporal body to be out in the elements when you leave the house, you know, you're preparing and clothing or cleaning your energetic body in the same fashion because we're just not one-dimensional beings, you know. And it's now, been years I, because well, – go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-mm, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's easier because you walk out of the house with – you know, you can tell when you walk out of the house and you forgot your clothes. Like, oh, crap, I'm naked. I don't want to go to Walmart <laughs> like this. Let me go back inside. We don't think about that with metaphysical stuff. That's why it's kind of at the back of the brain because it's not there in the physical reality. So it's got to be more of a mental habit. Um, mm-hmm. But practicing that really helps with being able to handle our energy better and handle, um, you know, being in crowds as empaths because everybody's getting more sensitive. People are like, why can't I handle this being around this group or watching this TV show or going to Walmart like I used to? Because, but honey, you're psychic, you know. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, it's about recognizing and honoring that that's something that needs to be taken care of. Like, we don't look at the sun with our eyes. If it's a sunny day, we put on sunglasses, hopefully. And that's, it's kind of the same concept, recognizing that, your, your eyes, your spiritual eyes are more sensitive and, and honoring that sensitivity also is showing up for the universe in the sense of like, I honor the, the, the thing that you're allowing me to experience and the skill that I'm developing. Uh, and that shows, that shows the universe that you're willing to commit to it so they can help you continue to let it grow. Um, so it's, it's imperative for spiritual growth to have psychic hygiene. Yes, yes, it is. We've actually got callers who have asked to come on to ask you a question. I'm going to put the first caller on. Those of you who are waiting, please know that we are not doing psychic readings today. So I know there's a couple people we have so from New York calling. We've got like a multi-state thing happening, which is beautiful. But the first caller that we have here is ending in uh if I can get it on, 4481, caller, 4481, you're on the Psychic Inside Show with Amy Catherine. Welcome. Did you have a question? Yeah. Can I relate this to what you're saying? Absolutely. Uh, One of the things, like, you know how you said that we forget our our psychic things, but we remember our physical things? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like. I feel like society, we, when we say with rights comes responsibility, we want, you know, it's like we don't use our psyche and we don't realize that basically with rights comes responsibility, but also with responsibilities comes rights. And I don't know if that we're using what God gave us when we do that, when we tell people with rights comes responsibility, but then when it comes to giving someone responsibilities with little or no rights, all of a sudden that's okay. I don't know if that's if that's hitting the nail on the head or anything like that. Well, in terms of like um, our natural state of being, right? I think that yeah. our main responsibility is to be who we were made to be. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And so for a lot of people, when they uh, who they are is a person who sees spirit and hears voices, then that can right. be uncomfortable and cause right. the challenge. Right. Um, where there would be people who would say, well, you're not, you know, honoring the creator <laughs> in some way by expressing these things. Would you say that that's right. kind of what people experience as well, Amy? Uh, yeah, I would say that, you know, if if this doesn't come from God or, I mean, this does come from God, but if I'm not honoring it, then I'm really not doing God's work because if, you know, if I wasn't supposed to be doing this, then God wouldn't make it so fulfilling and wouldn't allow me to be privy to the miracles that he works through me. And that, you know, there's a lot of organized religion that encourages us to go through that for God. And that resonates for some people fantastically, but not everybody resonates with that. And it, too, is uh, very beautiful, like, with the Christianity that I grew up with, that, you know, I was very familiar with the Bible, is that it's also a channeled document. It was inspired, um, and which means in spirit, by God. So even the people who channeled that document were doing the same stuff we did. And it was a great sort of rule book through times with chaos, but there's a lot of places in it that I don't feel like resonates with current times and I use my capacity for discernment on that and I honor what I do from a love-based space because anything of love is of God Um, and he who does not love it is not of God so you know to paraphrase beloved let us love one another first John Mm -hmm. 4 7 and 8 uh, mm-hmm. So I do things of love, and I try to do things outside of my ego and try my best to keep my ego in check. And that's what allows me to, I feel, do my best in doing God's work. Mm-hmm. Being a responsible steward, if you will. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you're listening in this evening. Did you have any other comment? Yeah, I noticed, I noticed that what you were saying, people just just discourage you people discourage other people when they say stuff like that when they say you know tell you about the you know the stuff with the spirit because i was at a um because i've been using blog talk radio for a long time and i was at a um bible i was at a bible study and um i was basically um getting some spirit some um somebody that was like that that was you know, getting my uh, uncle and my mom and saying that they were saying I would be okay. But oh, you then mean a they, medium? Um, you were getting a mediumship reading from somebody where your uncle and your mom were in spirit? Well, my uncle and my grandma. And then someone mm-hmm. told me uh, at the Bible study, well, maybe they were just, um, maybe they were, they just got a feeling from you and maybe they were bad spirits trying to tell you what to do to do something harmful and I'm like that's that doesn't help me when you make comments like that I didn't say it to them because I know that they didn't mean harm but you know when they made that comment it's like if you see someone has anxiety why make comments like that mm-hmm. and it's well, just that, because that, they may not be ready for that they may not be ready yeah. for that reading or for that message just because um, all good things are love based and, you know, you're getting a, a, a very a huge confirmation with spirit when you're doing it from a love-based space, and then you're getting love-based messages. But not everybody's 
ready to hear those messages. Why, you know, I I might get grandma trying to come to me and, and shake me up while I'm driving by or, you know, driving my cart by her daughter or her granddaughter at the, you know, in the egg aisle at the grocery store. But I'm not going to just tell her granddaughter, like, hey, your grandma has a message for you. And it's because they may not be ready for that. Or, you know, I've, I've lost plenty of friends who, you know, were really scared about this stuff. And um, they're not ready for that. And that's okay. I'm, you know, I'm, we may resonate with different paths. And I'm not going to judge them for not um, being ready for or needing the energy that I have willing to exchange. The people that need to hear those messages will come to you. It's very much like the field of dreams. If you build it, they'll come. And mm-hmm. it's about going, okay, I'm here, I'm a straw, I'm here for God to kind of flow through me. And everybody has a right to talk to God. Everybody has a God spark within them and has a right to connect with the Holy Divine. And our souls are are immortal. And uh, the soul, I, with the mediumship too, it was, it was a huge sort of realization that there, I have yet to see a hell. I mean, a lot of people who preach fire and brimstone will you know, want to say that, and I grew up thinking that, but um, I have yet to see it with the amount of people that I talked to who crossed over, and all I see is love on the other side, and that we're met with love, and we see the repercussions of our actions, but this is more about understanding that it's all based on just simple consciousness, and that there's that truth, and that truth and love are the same thing, and when you see the truth of the afterlife, you're only met with love. And mm-hmm. not everybody's ready to hear that. Nobody's, nobody's, not everybody's meant to hear that this lifetime. So don't get flustered if people don't really resonate with what you're saying. It's more about, you know, the people who need to hear that message will come to you. So if that happens mm-hmm. again, if you're getting that message from their loved ones who've transitioned, let the loved one go, you bring that person to me. If you want me to deliver this message, make it happen. And they will. Um, and I've had to set boundaries. I usually do lock down pretty hard when I'm going out in public just because I can feel everything. And so I practice pretty strong psychic hygiene when I'm going out in the big groups like Dragon Con or Walmart or Kroger. And mm-hmm. it, it's about making sure that, you know, the right person will come to you. Spirit will give you the right, right person. So don't take it personally. They just weren't ready to hear that. Mm-hmm. I thank you for adding to the conversation this evening, sir. I, I've had to put you back through onto the listening line, but it's really key because also um, one of the things that you're talking about or what I hear you saying is also discernment, like from within yourself rather than like what is true, what is the feeling of this message when somebody said, oh, that's just a bad spirit, versus how you might have felt when you first got the message from your uncle and your grandmother, which was actually high vibrational as Mm -hmm. it was intended. And in your heart of hearts, generally, people, there's a feeling and a knowing when you've received something that is true beyond a logical explanation. And so, you know, the exercises of trusting that there is a, a layer of things happening that we may not have been aware of and trusting the messages that are given to you versus the fear frequency um, you know, it's an exercise that we're all actively doing. But, like, you went to a 
psychic development course um, here in Atlanta, for those who are listening outside in other areas, Atlanta really is a wonderful place for the metaphysical, metaphysically minded, right? So we have uh, psychic fairs that have been going on for 30 years, like Gloria Parker's big psychic fair. She's been on the show yeah. before, and we've talked about that. Uh, Carl Woodall's school, which is where you went um, to your classes, is like a long time, probably 20 plus years. Uh, Carl's been teaching people how yeah, to work with their gifts and abilities. Can you speak to like the acquisition of education about being in your gifts? And I want to caveat this with not everybody's meant to take a class. I mean, taking the class isn't uh, an elite. I don't want to be elitist and be like, oh, you must take a class to qualify to be a psychic. Like, you know, and look at all those presents beneath us. That's not how this works. And if you resonate with this class, then take the class. And not everybody resonates with the teacher as well. So some teachers are going to be really great, and you're just like, some people are going to, like Carl Little, the bomb.com. I love Carl Little. Some people are like, I didn't get much from him. It's because everybody's frequency is different. So do your research. If resonating with a class, if, if a class is something you're drawn to do, uh, then do your research, see if you can get a picture or see if the, the if you can kind of talk to the instructor on Instagram or see if they got videos or stuff coming out uh, and see if that's somebody who's just like, yeah, I think that, that I really jive with what they're saying or with what, you know, their vibe of the pictures that I'm looking at. So that's relevant because that's your spirit guides and that's your intuition saying that you're going to get the most out of that class. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the reason I took the class, uh, a lot there, there's a lot in that class I already knew naturally a lot that it validated uh, I, for me it felt like it was my personal permission so to go okay I took this class so I feel like I have something under my belt to help me to do this just because that's just that's just how I'm personally wired and namely I took that class was for the mediumship because I grew up with so much fear surrounding that and because mm-hmm. I, I grew up southern Pentecostal we watched the snake <laughs> handling don't cut your hair, Pentecostal, but we were jumping over shoes and speaking in tongues. So yeah. there's, there's a lot of that craziness <laughs> in the middle of, like, nowhere Alabama. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, some people, it's like, they're from Alabama, it's like, it's not nowhere. It's like, it's, 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 it's outside from yeah. so it's not really anywhere in particular. Rural. Um, rural, rural. Yeah, rural, as I say over there, as I say in my southern accent. So um, it, it really helped. And it helped me understand that mediumship is not scary when you know how to treat it with respect and to do your lockdown, do your, you know, secure your metaphysical area, then you're only allowing love-based energy in. Just like a doctor will, before he does heart bypass surgery, is going to go wash his hands and put on his latex gloves and putting on his doctor's, you know, mask so he's not breathing germs into somebody's aorta or, in, you know, exchanging germs with somebody. It's similar to that. It's making sure that the, the energy of the area is sterilized. So that really helped me um, safeguard and has, has protected me and really um, helped validate uh, that. And then I, I wanted to understand shamanism better because I got into the angelic realms. I felt drawn to take the shamanism course. And that helped me understand the importance of the earth-based realm and spirit totems and um, going deeper into doing shadow work and um, deeper into, you know, uh, shamanic healing sessions and um, 
even doing astrology and understanding uh, how we can benefit from looking at the planets as a map and as, you know, recommendations and guidelines. And I just, I love continual learning with this stuff mm-hmm. and me immediately being able to educate and share that knowledge with clients. I'm not just going to say, this is, this is what's happening. We're going to educate them about what that card means or what that planet mm-hmm. means and help empower them on that they're actually in control and that they're smart enough to understand this, that this isn't something that's out of their control or outside of their uh, knowledge or ability. That it's, mm-hmm. just, it's just learning. And teachers are students. Well, and talking about, you know, how the caller talked about, like, the responsibilities, one thing that I do notice about people who have done um, more of a programmatic development there has been a component that talks about, um, just like for social workers, there's kind of like a code of ethics. For lawyers, there's yeah. a code of ethics and practice. What I, I'm finding is that, well, it's just it's an anecdotal, of course. I don't have any statistics to back it up. But for people who went through a more structured, there's usually a component, A, about clearing your energy, protecting yourself, and then about, um, you know, the ethics of privacy and the conversation and how to not diagnose, you know, you're not the physician therapist, like being in your appropriate space and the dynamic. And what I'm seeing now on, like, many people are tapped into and awakening their gifts, and you'll look at their YouTube channels, and they're not doing any kind of um, visible uh, indication of their alignment or what they're opening for. And they'll be reading for celebrities or third parties, right? Like you'll see, oh, yeah. I'm doing a reading. It's, it's kind of like one thing to do an astrological chart because charts are kind of like public record, like your license yeah. plate. <laughs> But it's different to tap in and then offer a psychic reading or what's he thinking, what's she thinking or doing. I see those titles come through my feeds all the time, and I'll see people with tens of thousands of subscribers who are basically in the transaction of third-party reading. Like, what's the tea? What's the scoop? What's the gossip? What's they're doing? What's their, what's their lover doing? <laughs> like, you know, and that's, it's very interesting because on the one hand, you're very happy that people are opening to gifts and having these conversations with spirit. But the, the responsibilities part, as he said, and the ethics part of it, it gets a little, to me, it's not muddy. It's clearly wrong. But for others, it might be a muddy area for them, like, how do you speak to the balance of that in terms of opening and exploring on your own and what that's brought us to in terms of people who are then giving other people psychic advice from that space? Ma'am, I could talk to you all evening about this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lordy. Okay. So when it comes to psychic development, ethics are imperative. Uh, We don't have a psychic police. It's just to go, you know, whoop, whoop, oh, my gosh, you were giving third-party information, or whoop, whoop, you know, you get a $50 fine for doing that. You know, we don't have that. And we, unfortunately, uh, this, this this has been going and spreading tremendously and rapidly. And then we got witch talk, you know, TikTok psychics, you know, that are, you know, I read a book, you know, and then they're, therefore, you know, 
they, they know, they're all knowing on the situation, and that's not necessarily how this works. It's more about the practice and getting deeper into your development with your guides and taking the craft itself uh, a lot more seriously and, and keeping the ego in check. And um, I can't stop the used car salesman from selling the lemons. Mm-hmm. I can't stop them from doing that. But I can educate the clients that do come to me and educate the students that do come to me on what's right and wrong and encourage them to spread that. And I've, I'm going to do that with the best that I can and with my voice. With my voice. And, you know, I wrote <laughs> a blog for the 10-second commandment. Um, and I also wrote a blog very recently on, like, common psychic mistakes. And a lot of the psychic mistakes that I see that are the most rampant are delivering third-party information. And uh, unfortunately, that, that's never beneficial to anybody. And it, you know, it doesn't really uh, allow the person to grow. And it's just kind of being a busybody, being nosy, and that it's invasive. And um, we really need standards in this field. And so that's why I kind of wrote with great passion, like my blog, the, the Ten Psychic Commandments, is like, thou shalt not scare clients, which is like, we don't need to give a scary reading because that's fear-based. It's not love-based. Uh, assuming that the client needs to be shocked is a place of judgment. It's not coming from a place of spirit. The spirit knows exactly what they need to hear and that we can transmute anything coming. Like, I'm not going to tell a client, oh, my gosh, you know, if I, if I see their daughter. This has happened. I saw a client, his daughter. I also saw a fender bender with a silver car, and I was like, uh, and it felt like the ch- their, their daughter was like, does your child drive a silver car? And like, yeah, I said, just tell your child to drive more slowly, to plan ahead with their driving. Um, she's like, yeah, she does drive a little fast. It's like, yeah, uh, encourage her to drive with more time and to, you know, maybe even take some self, some driving defensively classes, some defensive driving classes, things like that. Cause, or, you know, oh, I saw something when I was doing Reiki on somebody, something physical with the heart. Archangel Raphael came to me and was like, there's something physical going on with their heart. Do you think I said that? No. I was like, uh, when's the last time did you get a checkup with your doctor? And I was like, um, have you been having some stress with your heart lately? Yeah, I've got palpitations. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, you've also under a lot of stress lately. Let's, let's, you know, do some self-care, go get a checkup, make sure that your heart's doing okay, and give it some TLC. You know, big difference in delivery, right? Mm-hmm. And there's also, you know, that third-party information, which is the second, you know, second thing. People don't need to know. There, there's no reason to know that third-party information. You know, why Why do we need to know that person's business? I had this one client that I fired, and it's important that we as psychics do fire clients that are unethical because you get the cuckoos. You get the cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs people sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I was one lady, she came in with a folder, and I was like, oh, I was like, yay, I could use psychometry on people who crossed over. This is not that. It, just, it was not that at all. And mm-hmm. she came in, and she had that busybody sort of mousy vibe about her, and she starts, she's like, can I bring a folder? I'm like, sure. Like, yay, we're going to do mediumship. Uh, nope. It's a folder full of pictures of her family members that don't talk to her. <laughs> asking, oh. like, what's going on with this person? Or this person's got, like, blah, blah, blah. I was like, maybe you should do some Reiki or to encourage them to get some Reiki, encourage them to talk to their doctor. And I kept telling her I don't do third-party information. And then she pulls up this picture of this guy with this um, – the best way I can describe it is a porn stash. And um, she goes, mm-hmm. what can you tell me about this guy? And I was like, why is gossiping about him going to help you with your business? And she's like, oh. she, she almost like clutched her pearls. And it's just like, that's none of your business. And I was like, I don't think you're going to go. That's great. You're fired. <laughs> you know, go get a refund. 
Don't forget. Right. And um, it's like it, there's there, it's never helped clients. And a lot of people, a lot of psychics make the mistake of going, oh, if I tell them about that person, then it's validating my gift and I'm telling them what they need to know. But the client doesn't actually, just because the client asked the question, doesn't mean that it serves their highest good for you to cry into that information and answer it. So there comes, mm-hmm. you know, there, there comes that word discernment again of going, okay, uh, is this what serves their highest good? Guys, please show me what this person needs to know about the situation. It's like, well, they're assuming that their happiness correlates with that person being in their life. So they're outwardly objectifying their happiness, so therefore they're never going to be happy because they keep assuming that that person is going to make them happy or that situation or that resolve, whereas they haven't been working on where they have uh, – where they need to bring acceptance into their heart. You know, what Eckhart Tolle talks about in The Power of Now and mm-hmm. A New Earth, um, where it's just about dissolving that illusion of separateness and surrendering to acceptance. It doesn't mean complacency. It just means where can I be radically accepting of the present moment? And where have I allowed my ego to be unaccepting of that? And then um, there's also the uh, not telling clients they're cursed. I mean, I, I've... I've had to do a lot of cleanup with this, and I think my record was $2,000. Somebody is the highest that somebody said I could remove a curse for you, and a lot of that comes mm-hmm. out of New Orleans, too. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people were like, oh, you're cursed. Let me remove that for $2,000. Oh, by the way, it's on a discount. I'll only, you know, charge $1,500, but I'm just so happy running a 30% sort of, you know, 25% discount this month. It's like, yeah, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, no, um, most the problem with that is people can't discern, uh, as psychics, they think somebody's cursed when they can't discern between, oh, they just had a tiff with their sister and their sister's thinking negatively about them and sending them those negative telepathic bullets, or if that person was in a funk, or if that person has an aura tear, or if that person had a really stressful day at work, or if that person um, has, you know, was in a political argument with somebody on Facebook, or if it was an actual curse, which is very extremely rare. And even then, that person can get rid of it themselves because free will, we create our universe, and we're in power and control of that. So mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of kind of just that, – that's, that's very scammy to me. Um, and then the fourth one is, like, not needing to tell the client that they need to come back for services. And uh, I tell clients they need to wait a minimum date, 30 days if they want a reading. They don't need to ever come back. Nobody needs a reading. You don't come to Earth with, like, got to get my fix or I'm going to die. It, nobody needs a reading. Um, we get readings for encouragement and clarity, but it's not the end of the world if nobody ever gets a reading throughout their entire life. People live just fine. So it, it's recognizing that people can get addicted to reading because it's like being on Facebook. You know, people are addicted to social media. It's like mm-hmm. a dopamine hit. Um, people get addicted to reading, and that's why I'm just like, don't come back. A minimum 30 days, and if they keep coming back 30 days on the dot, I'm going to push it out farther until I tell the client, okay, um, I'm going to have to fire you because I'd rather mm-hmm. not have that client and do my part in stopping that than being that client addicted to reading or if um, um, trying to deliver advice that is, which is the other one, which is trying, I think that's the yeah, number five, which is pretending I'm a therapist or pretending I'm a doctor. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, oh, I've had somebody told me that, oh, somebody's going to die from throat cancer. And it's just like, so it's a low vibrating statement, and it's like they're slapping in the face of free will, uh, other factors, you know, uh, just a number of stuff to just come out and say something so negative and inaccurate. Um, we, we're we not doctors. Like, 
I'm not an mm-hmm. educated doctor, so why would I diagnose somebody? Uh, there's just mm-hmm. too many people out there who pretend to be doctors or lawyers and say you should divorce your husband or you should do this or that or, you know, you, you, you've got this problem and not leaving it to the mental health professionals or the health professionals. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a self-care therapist. He knows I'm a psychic. We both think it's awesome. I've given readings to licensed clinical social workers and therapists and even psychotherapists I've given readings to. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more opening up in this field than there used to be. Um, and, you know, I tell clients, like, if everybody saw a therapist, like, every single person in this world saw a therapist, but if clients, like, had three sessions with a therapist, we'd be in world peace by now. Oh, everybody's mommy daddy problems, <laughs> yes. Everybody's we'd mommy daddy problems would be gone. Yeah. Um, another one just like, and it's about honoring the client's privacy. Like I'm an ordained minister, so it's like this is a consultation by an ordained minister. I don't gossip. I don't name drop. I will tell you for an example, like he or she, but I'm not going to tell you what that client looked like and what their name was. Um, right. And I'm not going to gatekeep either. That's not going to help. Uh, educating people and encouraging them to grow in their individual spiritual craft is the best thing. So, like, people who gatekeep and people who go, oh, you have to take my class for $1,000 um, in order to progress on your spirituality at all is just a scam artist. And um, always making sure that um, the service is the priority, that, you know, we've got to honor that we are of service to humankind. Mm-hmm. Respect yeah. this craft and respect that we're – here for the client first. Like, I can't think about the money first. I got to trust that the universe pays my bills. Uh, it's so and interesting because, you know, it's like the goal of your work is to not have the client, right? Like, so it's like you're bringing in a yeah, client. Yeah, it really is. The goal is <laughs> to not then have a client. And that's very unique. Um, you spoke about, you know, the female entrepreneur and the, the driven, you know, kind of thing when we have a, a professional service-related business, and yet balancing, as you said, that, you know, you're there for spirit, not for man. So, like, trusting that, okay, the people who need to come to you will come to you, and that you will be able to sustain your independence from the matrix, if you will, in terms of going back to a profession, and yet wanting to not create a codependency that is economically beneficial to you, that's really an interesting intersection for for a, a lot of people. I guess the doctor doesn't really want to see you. Ideally, a doctor doesn't want to keep seeing you. You know, they want to get yeah. you together and put you out the door and not have you come back. But a lot of our system of economics is based on repeat, repeatability factor, and to somehow create a dynamic of dependency. And you're very clearly saying that you are not going to foster dependency. You will disconnect and push the birdie out of the nest. <laughs> yeah. And I, I give them homework, but never with the expectation that they need to come back uh, for reading. It's, it's more of a directional thing because I'm not their therapist. I'm not there to kind of be on their ass, uh, excuse my French, <laughs> to, to do this. And I can only give them that direction. I could lead the horse to water, but that's my ego saying that I've got to watch them drink. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just here to deliver the message. I'm not necessarily privileged to see the results. And that I've got to trust that, 
that's the universe's job, and I don't see that in every reading. I see clients walk away and they feel disgruntled or upset, and it's like, I can't control that. This was a spiritual message. This is from spirit and spirit gaze in this, and I got to trust that, that that person needed to hear it, and sometimes they'll come back and be like, I needed to hear that, or that was very validating, or that person that we didn't know that came through, or I didn't know what you were talking about, that turned out to be my, my husband's grandmother or whatever. So I've got to trust that that was just, that message was meant for them and let spirit do their job. And I'm just there to be as present and as, as humble as possible for that. Mm-hmm. Um, because if my ego gets in the way, it's really going to F things up. And mm-hmm. it's going to give them a lower vibrating reading. And this is a hard field to be in because it requires so much trust in something that we were trained the opposite to believe in. We are trained mm-hmm. from school, from the get-go, to be good followers, to get be workers, be, sorry, be good workers, um, and to follow directions really well, and to not necessarily think critically, just to follow orders and to follow the rote learning method. And when you are an entrepreneur or a small business owner, you've kind of got to have that instinct, that business sense uh, all on your own. And you've got to make those those choices based on your own discernment and your own risk and your own intuition. So it's really weird because, you know, I was a marketing manager. I was an art director. I had the titles, blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of weird how I don't do marketing. It's, I think it's hilarious. It's like I don't market. Uh, people come to me. People tell people and they come to me. I think I've spent a total of $5 on marketing total for mm-hmm. since my business started. And this is a business I pay bills on. I pay my taxes. I got my business mm-hmm. license. I got my DBA. I got all that, all the legal Zoom, uh, you know, stuff and whatnot. And, um, yeah, I, I I try to, you know, cross my T's and dot my I's with this. I take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And I know that society as a whole isn't quite ready for that. But what I can do to make it ready as best as I can for my little speck of consciousness in this universe is by setting those basic sort of code of ethics. And if I can spread that out and the other, you know, psychics and other teachers continue to spread that out, then this is going to have a field that has standards. And that in the very least, what I hope is that most clients will know when to discern when a psychic is, is doing something ethically or not. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think that that's possible in this world, especially with everybody waking up. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, when you go into, um, like, one of my guests, uh, Disha, she is a Vedic astrologer. And what she experienced culturally is that, you know, when a child is born within three days, they go to the priestly order of astrologers who cast the child's chart. And there's no question about the uh, legitimacy of it the integrity of it, it's part of mm-hmm. just a way of being that it is accepted, that this divination is given to you for the helping you to raise your child and the child to become the fullest of their being. I think that we are moving towards that in the more European, Eurocentric cultures, we're moving back into where just like a child is baptized, you know, um, in the Christian church, um, I think that we are going to be normalizing 
certainly these young, young, young kids are doing some, you know, they're already reading their charts with the little apps on their phone. So they're kind of like leapfrogging into a normalcy that is still challenging those of us in the generations, you know, that have preceded them that are still living on the planet at this time. And that's part of the shift that's so exciting. Now, when people want to work with you, so like what kinds of services are you offering? I offer psychic mediumship services and also astrological services uh, through my website at amycatherine.com, and that's A-M-Y-C-A-T-H-R-Y-N.com. And I'm also a, I do in-person readings at Forever in a Day, and it's a new age shop in Woodstock, Georgia, uh, at, uh, and they have a website called foreverunderday.biz. Uh, and you can also sign up for my classes there. I teach tarot classes. I'm a Reiki master. Uh, I'm an Asturian Central Reiki master, and I co-teach uh, Reiki classes with the beautiful Heather Lynn Rudd, and she's also a professional nurse, so it's a combination of allopathic and homeopathic and understanding mm-hmm. both the scientific and medical aspects of Reiki because Reiki is getting is becoming more increasingly popular in mm-hmm. uh, hospitals these days, especially in the New England area, and that's mm-hmm. growing. Um, and so she is a nurse, teaches people from that allopathic technical standpoint, and I also, it's a mini sort of psychic development class to help you understand uh, the details of how you uh, receive information. You know, we talk about empathy. Not everybody's an empath. Some, or not, some people are more empathic or more clairsentient than others. Other people are more clairaudient, et cetera, et cetera. We talk about that, and uh, I've got a psychic development class underway that's going to be probably launching in July of 2022, and all of that's under something called the Phoenix System for Psychic Development. Uh, all these classes are under that. It's a trademark class, and they're all copyrighted. And it's to sort of bring that brand and that brand as a standard uh, for psychic development and ethics out there. And, and this is um, your creation, correct? You said. Yes. Yes. yes wonderful. My creation. Um, Beautiful. And I, uh, yeah, and I do astrology readings online as well, so I'll cast chart. And I also like to channel the astrology, so I don't just get into the degrees and the technical stuff. I like to kind of ask their guides, well. Why did the soul choose this? Like, what's working here? Um, where's where the struggling? Like, why is this happening this way? And it's all recorded. And then I give them a PDF of everything and uh, all that stuff. I like to document the, the readings as best I can so the client walks away with as much knowledge in hand so they can go off and do their own research. Um, and, yeah, so I, I do all that. <laughs> Are you teaching anything on channeling, or is it just um, included I, that's in what, that's what I'm, that, that's actually in the tarot classes and in the Reiki classes a little bit, and also in the uh, upcoming psychic development classes, I'll be teaching the channeling and channeling your guides mm-hmm. and angels. Um, and all of that is, you can also visit foreverinaday.biz to, to check out all that stuff. I'm also teaching a psychic self-defense class in mm-hmm. October. Um, it's the weekend before Halloween, I'm teaching that. And then October 30th, I am doing a mediumship gallery. I do those once a year. That's also at Forever Today. Uh, so you can stop my website and stop Forever Today and, you know, sign up through there if you're interested in that. And I also have a TikTok. So I have blog, I have TikTok, I've also got a newsletter. Mm-hmm. And that's, if, if people are wanting free readings, 
I do give free readings through my newsletter. So if you sign up for my newsletter, I give free monthly readings that are channeled to my newsletter subscribers only and also free astrology reports for the next upcoming month and discounts because I'm also a, uh, I'm a classically trained fine artist. I got a degree in fine art with a concentration in graphic design and a minor in art history from mm-hmm. a watercolorist. I sell prints of all that stuff and animal totems on my website. So, yeah, stop me. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, I hadn't seen that. That's cool. So, like a Jill of all trades, if you will, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, um, one thing that uh, I do love, I'm not on TikTok, but I see your things that come over from TikTok over into Instagram. And from what I've Seen, there's like really a burgeoning like you know content area that deals with readings and psychic stuff and all this woo woo things that we love has really found a home there on TikTok and I know that um, yeah. teachings that you talked about your blog posts and the ethical things are things that I saw cross posted from there. It really is wonderful uh, to go to somewhere and have content that is free, you know, like um, when they say almost personal reading. It really, if you're Mm -hmm. guided to go hear something or it comes across, then observe it and give it the opportunity to speak to you in that moment. And as they always say, if it resonates, it resonates. If it doesn't, let it flow on by. But you are definitely producing like almost daily, I think, different things across your channels that are certainly not at a cost to anyone. Oh, yeah. And I love educating people on spirituality. I found that TikTok was really helpful because I did have a YouTube channel. I still have it up with some of the old weekly readings and some of the the other things that I did for um, predictions and whatnot. And what I found was that uh, it was a little too time-consuming for me. But, yeah, I did. Uh, I do understand video editing and animation and all that, but I didn't want to sit there for hours and calling that. And TikTok is very accessible. It's very quick. I feel like that sort of resonates with a lot of what uh, Gen Z and millennials are wanting these days. And it's like this sort of quick information in three minutes or less. And uh, it's also helped me be able to sort of um, – form my words and become more accessible in that regard and explaining these things. Because there's a lot of BS out there on TikTok, especially. And it's just like people freaking out about Moldavite, thinking Moldavite's going to make their parents die or something. And that's not no. true. That's not how this works. <laughs> that, the TikTok's on that. And it's, you know, um, the right people can go watch that and, and know what that is, what, you know, what they don't tell you about spirituality or, you know, common psychic mistakes and how to spot those sort of things and uh, just it's about educating what spirituality really is versus just, I don't want to do the woo-woo fluff fluff. Uh, there's plenty enough. There's enough of that out there. Um, and there's plenty of people out there doing readings too, which is great. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that they're not the kind of person like, mm, let me tell you something. This is what your, this is what your friend's thinking about you. Like that's not mm-hmm. a real thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's somebody tapping into their ego. Uh, the love-based messages are going to be more empowering and be like, this is the message you need to know for today. Keep going, or it's time to take a break, or, you know, when is the last time you were still and you need to meditate, or, you know, when do you need to detox, or, you know, things like that, or go, you know, don't take a salt bath, stuff like that. You know, it's not mm-hmm. going to be gossipy. So what? And what, what's your TikTok handle there? Is it the? Is there it's a dot or the Amy Catherine? The Amy okay. Catherine. Okay. These one and only. 
Okay. We're going to have those links in the show notes, of course, for people who want to click through. Uh, I'm not ready to dive into TikTok. You know, I'll catch it when I pop in the little things. I love it, but I'm afraid of myself (laughs) that I'll get stuck in the red hole and, uh, you know, spend hours scrolling all the awesome content because I I sure do get some things over. But um, it's a black for, yeah, it can be. It can be for um, so for the person who might be in this moment, like uh, that we're in right now, experiencing something very different, such as seeing a visible form, like a, the veil is thin right now, and people are kind of having some challenging experiences. So, if a person were to say oh, my gosh, I think there was an angel talking to me when I was sitting in the bathtub yesterday, and I saw a figure, you know, but as I tried to see who it was, like, I couldn't get a sense of it. Like, for people who are beginning to experience things like that, what would be your advice to that person? Well, when it comes to angels, my sheep know my voice. That That's kind of my go-to. You know it's an angel. Um reading books to help encourage your discernment and, you know, there's that word again, understanding the difference between angelic messages versus static. Uh, And I know she gets a lot of flack because she went turbo Christian after she got baptized, but Doreen Virtue came out with some pretty dope books before that happened. (laughs) Um, And How to Hear Your Angels by Doreen Virtue is a pretty awesome book. Um, I myself read it and got a lot of beautiful angelic messages while I was reading that book. And that's going to help you become more intimately involved with your angels and understanding uh, what they sound like. It does take practice. This is just something that takes practice. You don't you don't go to the gym and get pecs overnight. Otherwise, everybody has pecs. You know, just, you got to kind of have that discipline to practice every day and go and do it, even when you're not feeling up to it. You know, even if it's the minimum viable effort, which is like, you know, for example, on a spiritual level or on a physical level, that might not be. Going to the gym, it might just be 10 minutes of stretching. Uh, but from a metaphysical stance, it's better to do something versus nothing. And I mm-hmm. highly recommend, you know, reading that book. Also, Infinite Quest by John Edwards is an excellent book that sets some really good ground rules on ethics, do's and don'ts, and connecting to your guides and angels. And meditations on doing so if uh, if people are willing to sort of put forth the effort that the, the courses and the actions in that book say to do. Um, but everybody has guides. Everybody has at least two guardian angels. Felt like an angel, and you, you felt like it was an angel to your core, and you saw something, then that was an angel, and that was your angels letting you know that they love you and that they're there with you and that you're not alone and that you're worth something, that you're enough, and you've got special gifts in this world and that you need to work on that, and they're asking you to work with them more. Um, and angels make you feel at peace, especially if you felt in that moment this sense of peace, this sense of completion or oneness, this sense of like that that felt right. Then that was that was your angels talking to you, uh, mm-hmm. because that, that's what angels feel like. But yeah, that definitely sounds like it was angelic, especially if it was peaceful. Like it might have been startling, like oh crap, there's an angel in my bathtub. But <laughs> it was a place of love, um, and it was in a place of like, wow, I feel so whole. I feel so much at oneness. I feel like I've got hope. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of like when you get coffee from Starbucks and you got hope for 10 minutes after you've drank that coffee. Yeah, that was an angel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yes. 
hope for coffee. <laughs> well, and the discernment, it keeps coming back to discernment, right? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, if you feel not comfortable with whatever, mm-hmm. we don't have to allow it. Whatever it is, even if it is an angelic or a high vibrational being, we don't, we may be comfortable at a level, but our mind may be very discomforted by that. And that is okay too. So just be with yourself and feel it out and then seek out a person who you trust uh, to help you work through your connection. I I definitely, you know, will be referring people to you for mediumship. I don't, uh, you know, I, I I connect up and go down, but I don't necessarily deal with people's deceased loved ones and the ancestral type of plane uh, personally. And, and when I do, it's generally, at, well, it's not accidental. It's like I'll begin giving the message and then I realize, oh, this is their sister, you know, but it's, again, not yeah. something that I choose to function as. And I've asked for that then with my guides to say, you know, I will be a message deliverer, but I would prefer to deal with, and there's no judgment from the angelic or the higher realms about us being where we are with our gifts, as long as we're not rejecting ourselves you know, saying no is not necessarily a rejection to the connection because we can always say yes to that being when we're comfortable. But saying no to, like, ourselves saying we shut down our clairaudience or we shut down our empathy or our clairvoyance, eventually we will have to reengage in some kind of way because it truly is like cutting off our arm or cutting off our nose and we spite our face without even realizing that we've we've limited ourselves by cutting that energy back. And that you're absolutely right. And as long as the reader is being true to themselves and under doing what they what they feel comfortable with, like I don't mm-hmm. care if they read tarot cards forwards, backwards or sideways or, you know, you know, snort sugar, you know. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm in my guy's space, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna just like eat this this fun dip, you know. <laughs> Stick this fun to stick on my own. I don't care as long as they're like channeling from a place that they're comfortable with. Uh, it's just the ethics that I'm just like that's the base rule because that's what that's what's right and wrong. Um, the technique and what they offer as far as services, you know, that's up to the psychic and up to the intuitive. As long as they're doing it from a place where they're comfortable and being honest with themselves and and you know like yourself going like this is not something I'm comfortable with. And I'm not going to do that because I'm not comfortable with it. And being honest with themselves, that's that's a good psychic. That's somebody who understands and, and is doing what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't say I'm a ear, nose, and throat specialist and have a pregnant woman sitting in your office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There might be a little challenge there, right? Some fundamentals. Yeah. Uh, ear, nose, and throat gynecologist. <laughs> what? <laughs> Right, right. 
Well, it's it's so interesting. I I really have appreciated our conversation this evening because you know yeah. you speak with the proficiency and you're you know you're like fully involved as you said a lifelong learner. I'm sure if I talk to you again in a year, you'll be like, well, I picked this up and I picked that up and then I did this and then I launched my own class and they're teaching because of that <laughs> yeah. constant. Um, we're going quantum is what I kind of say. Like we're bringing all these things into our gumbo and it's adding spices and layers of complexity, but that's really who we are as super complex beings operating and to operate at your fullest capacity, you keep expanding, you know, your, your, yourself because there's no limit to what we can become and how connected to spirit we can be. And I can see you like just like gangbusters, like I'm going to go <laughs> wherever it is, I'm, I'm going to do it. Because shaman, psychic, uh, healer, teacher, astrologer, graphic designer, uh, you know, cosplay, <laughs> cosplayer. Yeah. You yeah. are definitely uh, one thing that I love was you were out at Dragon Con, which is just yes. a experience. So you're out there with all the folks who are enjoying themselves. I see the Dragon Con as like almost like one big psychic fair that people just don't realize oh, it's, it's they're kind of channeling their alter selves. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that was like 80,000 people pre-COVID back in 2019. Mm-hmm. And that was a, I had to put on my psychic like armor on like, like full, full metal psychic armor because it's pretty crazy. But there are people who, um, and I've got uh, close friends and my husband included in this is like, they feel like they're, it's Christmas. They're, they're living mm-hmm. with their family. Like this is their, they're able to come out and, and be authentic and, some people that's like in that cosplay, that's in that zone, that there, that there is a, a huge overlap between creativity and intuition. Everybody that's mm-hmm. ever been creative, so if you picked up a brush, if you've played a musical instrument, if you've sung, if you've written something creatively for fun, uh, you've got that intuitive connection. It comes from the same place as mm-hmm. when I give readings. And it's, you know, trusting that to kind of flow through you. And there was a surprising amount of artists uh, at Dragon Con that I met that were actually in the middle of creating a tarot card deck. And what was funny is I met these two separate artists in two different areas of Dragon Con. Um, one was over by the comic artist Sally, and the other one was actually in the art gallery in the two completely different buildings in Dragon Con. And mm-hmm. they both were like, I can only, this is very intense working on this tarot deck, and I can only create one drawing a month. And it's just like it was a lot of energy, and they were both experiencing psychic awakening from mm-hmm. creating that tarot deck as full-time artists in a completely different field. I just mm-hmm. thought that was mind-blowing. That's amazing. I love it. Cause yeah. To me, it's like we're all, when you walk through a somewhere like Dragon Con where everybody's in, you know, alien future past forms not you know like uh, it's everything <laughs> yeah. that we've seen in science fiction and fantasy and some things that people create out of their imagination it's like we're channeling in our galactic selves at any particular point in time 
And I just love it because it's like being in the bar in a Star Trek movie or Star Wars movie where all the beings are gathered around. And it's like at a fundamental level, I know they're channeling like their Pleiadian self and don't even realize why they love this, you know, uh, this particular way of presenting. So things like that and seeing it grow in popularity, you know, prior to pandemic where Comic-Con and Dragon Con were just like growing by hundreds of thousands of people, really, Uh, 2018, 2019, the parade for Dragon Con was uh, ridiculous. And the the number of people in the hotel I worked down there in that complex, and it was like just madness that weekend of Dragon Con. But it shows the awakening of consciousness to where that is also more mainstream now than it is 25 years ago when it was at a little dusty hotel called the Castle Gate. It's normalized. Just like psychic stuff is now normalizing. Tarot apps and oracle card apps sell like gangbusters in the app stores. Astrology apps are on all people's phones. So there is this flowering of consciousness that that represents. And even with you and your business, an uptick of clients. And, you know, it's all, to me, it makes me super happy. I don't know about you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful that it's normalized because like, like this was a completely different landscape in the nineties and it was a completely different, different landscape 20 years before that. And practically mm-hmm. another, like, there wasn't a whole lot of self-help spiritual books and it just sort of started exploding. And then now you have all these different people out there and it's so much more accessible and you, you, you feel like you're not going crazy. Like, you know, when I was a kid, there was only a handful of like, you remember, you know, GeoCities and Angel Fire website? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk about that. It's like all the sparkles and random music playing. It's like, what is this LSD chaos, you know? Right. And, you know, and Crazy Witch Spells was like, I don't know, am I going to go to hell for looking at this web page? Like, remember I started thinking like, that when I started trying to, like, figure this stuff out. And um, it was, now it's just, like, my goal is to give people that accessibility that I didn't have and, that, mm-hmm. you know, no, you're not going crazy if you use that discernment and going, you know, I have an individual channeled relationship with divine source. Does this mm-hmm. resonate for me or not? I don't say that's good or that's bad. I try to delete that as much as possible from mm-hmm. my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And I'm so, does this resonate? Does this not resonate? Am I drawn to this? Am I not drawn to this? Just because mm-hmm. I'm allergic to tobacco doesn't mean that I'm going to say, oh, tobacco smokers are evil, you know, no. Mm-hmm. I don't resonate with that. And, mm-hmm. you know, the same thing for anything that a potential client would do. It's just important that they use that discernment. And if you're resonating with something in a book, great. If you don't, you know, chuck that part out or ignore that part. And that's how you're mm-hmm. really going to develop your personal relationship with spirit by being honest with yourself and letting spirit itself be your guide because, you know, people who down here, they seek too many teachers or they keep, you know, fixating on teachers. And I've made the mistake of just looking up to people, like, too much and not using my own discernment of going, you know, they like this or they, they said I should do this. And that's just based on their perception of reality. Mm-hmm. we got to kind of pick out what's from source that we needed to hear in that exchange and what isn't. And I tell that to just about every client that sits down. is like, use your discernment. So if I say something mm-hmm. that resonates, if it feels good, if it makes you feel expansive, keep it. If I say something that makes your, your gut like clench or you feel, uh, then then chuck it. 
is what mm-hmm. I like to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people do that, then they keep their power in their reading, which is the key, is empowerment. Absolutely. Well, this conversation has certainly been enlightening, and I think it is empowering (laughs) for people to hear us even having a conversation. Like, this is normal conversation in my reality, you know, for other people who might stumble across it. It might be a far leap, but um, to hear stories like yours and to have you talk in a transparent way about your journey, your philosophies, your your value system, and the work that you are doing as a full-time uh, in service to others, uh, professional in the psychic world, is an important thing that needs to be shared. And I'm just so grateful that you took the time out to come and have this conversation Aww, with me this well, evening. Thank you for inviting me. It was Absolutely. So to have a conversation with you this evening. This was so much fun. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know, right? But so this has been a great conversation, and we will definitely have you on for one of the other shows that I have, um, elevational, Conversational Elevation with the Vibrarian and Power Tools for Woke Folks. So those are different oh. shows where we talk about yeah. ways that you can be in your empowered life. And so I think you would have some things to be able to share for that show. So those will be back on in the fall, later this fall, for those of you that are subscribed to my channels. Um, But the Psychic Inside show, we're here every Tuesday, and I do have a guest, another amazing guest to speak with next week, and so we will be back at 8. I'll have these shows up for you in the next couple days on YouTube, and of course, they'll be available shortly on iTunes and Amazon. For everyone who was on the phone line this evening listening, we had quite a full bank of callers who were listening in. And for those of you who are looking for a reading, you can definitely contact Amy directly through the information that she has been providing. And uh, check her out on TikTok and Instagram. Sign up for that newsletter and you can receive some supplemental freebies. Everybody loves freebies. But um, Amy, Thank you so much for your time this evening. You're very welcome. And for all of you know that this week I wish for you that your life is just so exploded with blessings that they just burst out from you and showered down on the world around you, blessing others as you expand in joy. Know that the light in me absolutely honors and loves the light in you. Namaste.